Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Austin, and today it's just going to be me. We are the Darrows. This is the Darrows podcast where we help families navigate scripture to live godly lives by discussing all things family and faith unfiltered. But today, it's just going to be me. Uh, And that's because if you didn't know already, it is Father's Day. And if you're listening to this after Father's Day, well, uh, we released it on Father's Day. And uh, I'm excited to be able to sit here and talk about uh, not only my experience, but a little bit of a biblical perspective on what fatherhood looks like, um, just to provide a little bit of encouragement to you dads out there, as well as maybe a little bit of rebuke for those who are not walking in this way. And I say this in love, and I I want um, to encourage you dads to live um, godly lives and to um, ultimately um, grow or help raise godly families. And so um, that's the perspective that I'm coming from tonight. So first of all, I want to talk about what I am drinking tonight. We've featured it on the podcast before. It is a Scotch whiskey, um, a single malt, and it's called Um, Um, I don't know. Um, technically my heritage is from Scotland, but I, I don't know how to say this to be honest, but it is triple distilled, um, aged in American oak. It says it's got vanilla and coconut with clean citrus zest. And it's from first fill bourbon casks, which are oak but um yeah scotch whiskey is my favorite drink um and what better to drink on father's day than my favorite drink um generally i am a lagavulin guy and any of you dads out there who or or men in general who uh drink whiskey uh you probably know what that is um it's a pretty expensive bottle um and so i don't really have one on me i don't generally keep one on me um but i do enjoy it because uh, it's it's more of it's an Isla Scotch, so it's got more smoky flavor to it, um, and so yeah, I, I, that's usually what I enjoy. But this is a forty dollar bottle right here. Um, it is not from. It's it seems like it's more from the mainland. Um, it looks like uh, it's uh, from the Glasgow area, and so um, it's got a bit of a more uh, sweet taste to it. Um, it's still got signature Scotch flavors, which are can somewhat be maybe medicinal if, if I dare say that. <laughs> um, but it, uh, it's good and not everybody likes scotch. I mean, bourbon is amazing, right? But bourbon's got a significant flavor to it that I just end up preferring scotch. Um, so this is a great whiskey. Um, it's got a very sweet smell to it. Um, I, I really love the smell of this. It's honestly like kind of like candy. It's, it's, it's weird. I mean, flavor-wise, it's not anything significant. You can definitely tell it is uh, from American oak. Um, It's got that bourbon-esque kind of uh, notes to it. But but yeah, I can definitely get that vanilla and a little bit of that coconut in there for sure. Um, Not as much right now of the citrus, but... um, I've had a lot, you know, between eating and, and things like that tonight that, it, you know, could be throwing my flavors off a little bit, but, um, that's the scotch, um, that I'm drinking tonight. So go ahead and pour yourself a drink and, uh, enjoy with me as we break down, uh, biblical fatherhood, um, just a little bit. 
Like I said, today is Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all of the dads out there who are listening and thank you so much for tuning in. Um, It really means a lot to me that um, any dads that are out there that are actually listening to what we're talking about um, in our episodes. And um, if you're getting value from this, please let us know. Um, We really do want to hear from you guys because it helps us to um, know the kind of impact that we're having. And at the end of the day, we're doing this because we enjoy the conversation um, and we want to uh, put our thoughts out into the world as far as the scripture is concerned. And so, um, no, we don't uh, need uh, responses, but we do really appreciate it because it not only encourages us, but helps us to know um, how we can better suit um, our listeners. So please reach out to us on Instagram. I'll have all that information in the show notes for sure. But let's go ahead and talk about today's topic, which is, of course, fatherhood. So I'm actually going to be reading a lot of points. Actually, all the points that I'm talking about are actually going to be coming from this article. It's uh, from Got Questions. Uh, we love pulling stuff from them. Um, we we have found that, generally speaking, um, the the information that have that we have pulled from Got Questions has been uh, sound in in belief um, and in scriptural integrity. And so um, they they don't say things unless they can back it with scripture, unless it's, of course, more opinion-based conversations. But generally, uh, it's all scripture-based and it's really awesome. And really any questions you can think of for the most part outside of maybe a few odd ones, uh, you can find on Got Questions. So please go and check it out. Um, I will leave the link to this specific article Uh, in the show notes, but I'm going to read through a few different points on what a godly father looks like, like who is the godly father as we know from scripture um, and just from our Christian walk. So number one is a godly father knows God. It it seems simple, but um, a lot of men want their children to have a relationship with God but they don't ultimately have a good relationship with God themselves. Um, it's it's kind of like a sending your children and, and your wife um, to church um, and then, you know, just kind of putting all of the trust on the pastors um, and the leaders of that church uh, to lead your family into scripture and into understanding of biblical things um, and godly values. Um, but ultimately they're going to get the most um, godliness from how they see their fathers. Your role as a dad is super important, and and that's really what all these points are going to break down. But um, first and foremost, a godly father knows God. You need to know God. You need to have a relationship with him, um, one that is grounded in truth, one that is grounded in scripture, um, and ultimately uh, puts Christ at the head of, of your family, uh, which I'll talk about a little bit in another point as well. Uh, number two, a godly father loves and honors his wife. This is a big one, men. Love and honor your wife. You know, the article actually states this, and I think it's really good. It says it has been said that the best gift a father can give his children is to love their mother. Um, healthy children, healthy, uh, loving children. Um, you see a lot of correlation with, you know, having one, both parents in the home, um, but also just 
men in those families, men who in husbands and wives who love each other deeply, um, and especially in a Christian household who focus on the scripture and focused on uh, putting Christ first in their relationship first, and then pouring that out and that love that they're now able to pour out into their children's lives. Because ultimately, um, Tim Keller talks about this a lot actually in his uh, Meaning of Marriage book, but he talks about having um, this tank um, or or even this, this, this bank that we pull from when it comes for love. And it's like, Either if we pull it from ourselves, eventually we're going to go bankrupt, right? Like if we're trying to pull love from any of the worldly things around us or even our spouse um, or our children, ultimately it's going to run dry. But when we when we pull from the ultimate source, we pull from Christ and our love comes from him, then ultimately we will never run dry. We will never um, be empty of that fulfillment and love because we have it through Christ. Um couple scriptures that we've read before when we did our marriage series. If you haven't checked it out, please go listen to it. It's awesome. It was a lot of fun to do. Um, it's four episodes, really awesome. But Ephesians 5, 25 says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Verse 28 also says, in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself. Number three says, godly father a godly father accepts responsibility for his children's spiritual training. Kind of goes back to that first um, point about being godly and how your children see you. Um, ultimately, as fathers, as godly men of God who have families, um, we have the responsibility to raise up our children, to raise them up in truth, raise them up um, in godly and holiness right? First Timothy 5, 8 says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Now, please go and read this entire section. There's a lot of context here. We actually talked a lot about it um, during our marriage series as well, but this is a heavy verse to listen to, right? Worse than an unbeliever. I just, I want you to take heart in this. I want you to be encouraged though, that there's grace, right? There is grace by uh, the death and resurrection of Christ. If you are coming into this, right? Maybe you were, um, maybe you weren't a Christian before, or even you, if you were, and maybe you, you didn't really live this out in your life, but you're, you're turning this around. You've repented of your sin. And now you're turning to Christ and trying to do what he's called you to as a father. Uh, there is grace from the cross, um, the death and resurrection of Christ. So um, now you ov- obviously this has a lot to do. First Timothy specifically has a lot to do with providing specific. I mean, it's more specifically about uh, uh, financially, um, physically giving them their needs. Um, but it's not our only responsibility. Uh, we are still the bearers of the responsibility of biblical teaching to our children. Our wives day to day may teach our children um, while we're at work, right? They might might help in, uh, our children learn while we're at work. Um, but ultimately we are um, setting an example, dads, um, as far as one with leading our family, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, but ultimately in the things that we say, the things that we do, um, and ultimately 
at the end of the day, it is our responsibility to teach our children um, and to lead them in scripture um, as a family. So uh, please take encouragement in that. And dads, if you are if you are doing this, uh, there's and even if you're not doing, there's hope, there's joy in this. And, and I've been able to see some of the fruit of that um, with our niece and nephew, actually, who have been staying with us over the summer. But number four says, a godly father is continually aware of his influence. This is really important, dads. You need to understand the influence that you have on your children, both sons and daughters. It doesn't matter. The influence that you have is important. Both daughters and sons look up to their dads and their moms, but they look up to both of them for different reasons for different influence for different models right um a male role model is super important and i know in this day and age um it it's harder to come by and it's sad but dads are important to the family structure um and that's why there's so much emphasis in scripture about a father and a mother a husband and a wife, one unit together, working together because that being separated, uh, things don't go the way that God has designed. This is God's design. Um, but ultimately, like you need to live out what you say. It, you hear this a lot from dads. Do what I say, not what I do. I've heard this a lot growing up. Um, and a lot of times it was more in a funny way. Um, but generally speaking, I mean, a lot of people believe this. It's like, you know, like t- pay attention to what I'm saying. Don't worry about what I'm doing. It's like, that's not how that works. Words are not enough um, for children. They, they, they need to see a godly example um, living out a godly life. That means going to church, being, making that a part of your um, Sabbath day. That whatever day you choose for that or whatever you know day you choose to go to church, Saturday or Sunday, it really doesn't matter or however it works for you, that you go as a family and then you make that a priority. Um, don't lie. It seems simple, but telling your kids not to lie and not to be liars, but yet going back and either lying to them, even if it seems playful at times, and I know I can struggle here, but like don't lie. Um, if you if you want your children to follow in your footsteps, don't uh, do the thing you're telling them not to do, um, especially when it comes to sin-related items. Um, you know, things like cuss words and, and things like that. Like if you don't want these things in your life um, or even alcohol um, and in drugs, like if you're doing them, odds are your children are seeing that this is a part of your life. So keep that in mind. A godly father, number five, models selfless service. I mean, you can see this in Jesus's life. Most of his earthly life was serving others. He came to serve. Um, He came to be of service to people. Matthew 20, 28 says, even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Being a godly father in the life of your children means that you are living a life of service. Now, this could be this could work in a number of ways. This could be one and should be also, um, not exclusively, but should be also a part of your life, is serving in the church, serving um, 
you know, a church body that you consider to be home. Um, but also that's like helping, you know, maybe you have an elderly uh, neighbor that needs help bringing groceries into the house, needs help mowing the lawn. Like, you know, there's practical ways that we can as fathers. And look, I struggle with this. I do. It's not easy, especially in a busy world and in a post COVID world. It's, it's not easy. Right. I understand. I understand the realism in this, but it's like, man, like if we can serve others more, just think about how much more our kids will want to be a part of that um, in their own lives. Number six is a godly father is consistent, man. Inconsistency confuses children. Inconsistency will confuse your children. Um, and whether that's in discipline or in their example, like it, in the example that you're setting, be consistent in not only what you say, but what you do um, in how you act out your walk with Christ, um, how you live your life. I just, be consistent. I, 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 it's, it's as simple as that. Um, you got to be really careful um, about how you handle frustrations um, and like this article actually says something really good, which it says dads need to be careful um, that they don't take out their frustrations on their children and later excuse their behavior by saying, I was just upset. Godly fathers channel their anger where it needs to go. They practice forgiveness and they never allow anger to create confusion in their children. If dad says he's going to do something, he'd better do it. Children need to know what to expect from their fathers. And this is so true. As dads, again, it goes back to this example. You are a model for your children. They're going to look up to you in so many different things. And you're going to notice that they're going to do things that you didn't even realize you did until you see them do it. And you're like, wait, you're not supposed, you shouldn't do that. And you're like, well, it's like, well, dad, I was watching you. And man, I can't imagine like, oh, I just want to be like you. And then they're doing something wrong. Like that should show you dads that you need to um, work on being more consistent um, with what you're saying and what you're doing. Number seven, a godly father disciplines his children appropriately. Uh, this is a big one. Um, you need to discipline your children. Um, you should uplift them when they're doing good, but you also should ultimately uh, discipline them uh, correctly. Um, it's not. It's not being abusive. It's not being uh, vengeful. Um, it's not just spanking to spanking. Like this is not, that's not discipline. The discipline I'm talking about um, is, is a part of teaching your children wrong from right. Um, it helps them to learn what things are wrong, what things are right, what gets them in trouble um, and what keep them out of serious trouble down the road. Um, you know, Hebrews 12, nine through 10 says, besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good. Man. Um, read the rest of this, this, this section. It, it's really good, but it's essentially talking about like, man, like this comparison of the discipline of, of God with the discipline of a father. We are to model um, this discipline. Um, 
and because God disciplined us for our own good, and we need to do that for our children. Uh, Proverbs 13, 24 says, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Uh, 18, 19 says, a brother offended is more unyielding than a stronger than a strong city, and quarreling is like bars of a castle. Man, I, I want to go to this thirteen twenty four verse. A lot of people use this as a defense as to why, um, as to why they spank or, um, you know, whatever else. But I think the important part of this is that to love your children to truly love them is to discipline them is to teach them what's right and what's wrong and where the boundaries are in life um, and in church and things like that. A godly father does not allow himself to be controlled by outside influences, man. This has to do with addiction, uh, alcohol, drugs, pornography, whatever it may be. Um, uh, fear and depression. Like there are so many things that could control our life from an outward setting um, that are not godly. Um, and we need to set our thing, our mind on the things of the spirit, like it talks about in Romans 8, um, for the mind set on the flesh. Um, essentially, you can't, if you are in the flesh, you are doing the things of the flesh. And if you're in the spirit, you're going to be doing the things of the spirit. Um, and you need to set that as a standard in your life. Um Ephesians 5.18 says, and do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. Um, man, it, this goes back to what I was saying earlier, but like children are going to take after their parents and you see so many cases of addiction where, uh, there was addiction in the father of the house, um, when they were growing up. Um, and this continues and continues and continues, um, throughout. And I think that it's important that we take heart in this, um, and, and, and men seek help where you need it. Uh, reach out to your local church, uh, get the resources you need to get out of this and do it quickly. I encourage you and applaud you to please do this quickly. Uh, number nine, a godly father is a man under authority. We are sinful creatures by nature. Ultimately, we are always going to try to be our own boss and to run our own lives. And a lot of times it's, you know, this answer to no one notion is admirable in a lot of places. But we see in the life of Jesus that, man, he was fully God and fully man, yet he can put himself under the authority of his heavenly father. John 5, 19 says, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. Uh, chapter 12, John chapter 12, verse 49 says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the father who sent me has himself given me a commandment. What do you say? What to say and what to speak? He continued to to live this out throughout his life and to put God above himself, to put his father, his heavenly father above himself. In the same way, men, fathers, we must be under the authority of God. 
we must live under the holy, righteous authority of God because ultimately he is perfect, he is just, he is our creator and our savior. Um, maybe that also um, goes into God's authority that, you know, the God-given earthly institutions, such as employment, church, and government. Um, 1 Peter uh, 2.18 says, Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. Romans uh, 13.1 and 2 says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, Whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. Um, and it says, oh, and those who resist will incur judgment. Man. Um, Hebrews 13, 7 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning for what would be of no advantage, for that would be of no advantage to you. Um, there's many scriptures talking about um, being under not only the authority of God, but the authority of the institutions of which God has put in place. So please uh, keep that in mind, dads. Now, lastly, um, number 10, a godly father will lead. The world is in desperate need of men who will lead wisely. This is so big. Lead your family. Ultimately, like all of the things I've spoken about, it comes back to this leadership of your family. We are called to lead our family with biblical teaching, um, to guide our family to a good biblical te uh, teaching church, um, uh, you know, being a part of a community at a church, like we, in the spiritual life, especially, but ultimately in all things as a family, um, men, the responsibility is on you. You and your wife are are in complement to each other. You know, um, I truly believe that you guys um, should work together on these things. Like, and by no means in my life do I um, make all the decisions on my own. If anything, I struggle myself with decisions. Um, but ultimately, like my wife, Alicia, comes beside me and helps um, helps me with this. And, and, and we work together for this goal. But ultimately, the responsibility to lead is on me. I am called to lead my family well, to lead my family in the things of the Lord, to protect my family to keep them out of danger, to keep them from false doctrine. These are my responsibilities. I am called to lead my children and my family to Christ, to lead them into service, to lead them into the gospel, ultimately. And ultimately, it is by my example as a man of God that my children should be able to follow. They should be able to look up to me and dads look up to you and see someone that they can live as an example and, and to be someone that your kids can be proud of. Proverbs 17.6 says, grandchildren are the crown of the aged and the glory of children is their fathers. Man, be a father that your children can be proud of. 
be a God, be a person who is after God's own heart, who ultimately seeks His way, uh, God's ways first before their own, um, and doesn't live selfishly but selflessly, uh, first for Christ, then for their wife, um, and then for their children. I think it's important. We talk a lot about this um, in the marriage podcast. So please, please go check it out. I'm telling you, you'll get a lot from it um, if this was interesting to you. Ultimately, there's grace. And I want you to remember that at the end of the day, there is grace when we fall short because ultimately these this is in a perfect world, we would meet every one of these things um, perfectly every time, but this is not the case. We are sinful beings. We are in need of a savior and ultimately need um, a death, um, a price to be paid for our sin, um, a sacrifice for us, and because ultimately we will continue to sin, but we have the one true and final sacrifice in Christ on the cross and his resurrection three days later. Um, to put our hope in that, now we have we can have repentance through him and have eternal life forever. I mean, eternal life in Christ, in his death and resurrection. This is the good news of the gospel. Again, I want to remind you that ultimately in all these things, we can, I, Alicia, our, our family as a whole, like we can only speak on these things because of the grace of God to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins. We are not perfect in ourselves, but are made new creations through him. And this is how we are able to live out his calling on our lives. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God and not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. For more information about uh, this episode, please check out our show notes um, and or our website, wearethedarrows.com. If you liked what you heard, click the follow button now on Apple Podcasts. It's now follow. Um, they have recently changed it. So follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify um, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. If you would like to support us, consider buying us a coffee. The link will be in the show notes as well. Follow us on Instagram at WeAreTheDarrows for updates and encouragement. If you have any questions you want us to answer or topics you want us to talk about, please leave us a voicemail or a text message at 407-476-3434. Thanks again for listening to the Darrow's podcast. Catch you in the next episode. See ya.